Hello and welcome to Play Hard and Love Big Radio. My name is Katie Clark and uh, we started this podcast, Nick, my husband, and um, we run a business together, Spotted Jack Yoga, but we started this podcast uh, to help people live their full potential, to help people live uh, their most vibrant life. And one of the ways that we do that is by having guests on the show. And guests are a wide range of folks from like staff members and friends and just people that we know in the community. And I can say that my guest today, which is Bonnie Walker, is um, she teaches for us, but she's also a friend, a dear friend. And um, I just want to start with a couple things that I like love about Bonnie, <laughs> just because I love Bonnie. Um, but a couple of things I love about Bonnie. One is that Bonnie writes handwritten cards or notes, which is amazing. And if she's not able to do a handwritten because for whatever reason, like uh, not being close enough, like with our distance, an email note, which is amazing. I love that about Bonnie. Um, she surprise gifts like of baked goods sometimes or like books or like little things for our children which is like super thoughtful and then um the, another thing that comes up for me about bonnie is that well she's done a lot she's done the most of our trainings i think of anybody so bonnie did our 200 hour training initially 300 hour training two times and then most recently the 250 hour training that we just finished and the thing about Bonnie in trainings, well, there's two things. One is kind of funny is that I've come to know her facial expressions. So if I say something in the training, Bonnie will tell me what she's thinking with her face, which is very much like myself, which I do love. And I think is it usually makes me giggle. And then um, the second thing is just that whenever we have done a training, um, I always want to hear from Bonnie when we do inquiry because I just feel like what you have to say is so amazing. I, you just have a way with words. So let's start with that. What can you tell me about how doing these trainings and doing inquiry has, um, has done for you? Okay. Thank you, Katie. Thanks for asking me to be here today. Um, and that's a loaded question, kind of a Pandora's box, because I would say that inquiry through all the trainings is what has changed me, helped me grow, helped me know myself, has really touched me. It's probably the reason I do yoga workshops is for the inquiry more than the yoga. At first, of course, it was all about the yoga. I needed to learn the poses. Um, I needed to discover what my body could do and what it couldn't do and what I was going to um, make it do, learn to do. But then over time, I discovered it was the meditation we did in the classes and the inquiry we did in classes. I started yoga well into my 50s. I was trying to figure it out before we started today. I think I was 57, 58 um, before I started even practicing yoga. Um, and I wrote a short essay when I was 60 and it was, you know, yoga at 60. And I know that's when I finished my first 200 training. And what I came away with, what I live with every single day is how much yoga has given me over the last seven or eight years, 
that I probably wouldn't have given me insight to myself, given me an understanding that 60 isn't the end, 65 isn't the end. 65 was kind of hard. For some reason that year, I was like, maybe this is it. Maybe I'm just not going to learn anything more, do anything more. What I do today is what I'm going to do for 30 years. And, you know, then you take one more workshop and inquiry has one more question and your life changes again. So um, I know Spotted Dog exists to make transformation possible, um, but I don't even know if you and Nick, Katie, have any idea how complete a transformation some of us have made. Um, and some of us make physical transformations, so it's very easy to see. But I've made I feel like I'm a completely new emotional person than I was 10 years ago, 10 years ago. And you probably saw it on my face 10 years. I 10 <laughs> years ago, I was always a kind person and a good person, but I was an angry person. And um, I had a lot of survival skills. I um, had to raise myself from the age of 16 on and I did that pretty much looking back now that I understand it. I did it pretty much by just taking the bull by the horn. You know, I just powered my way through people, through experiences, through relationships, you know, and I was like, I'm going to hold on to this. I'm going to make this happen. I'm going to be right. Um, and it came out very aggressive and very, um, very angry. Um, when I was in my thirties, I went to counseling and he said, you know, what are you working on? And I said, well, I think I have this irrational anger. It's what I called it. It's like, I don't know why I'm crazy. I don't know why my first reaction to anything is anger. And, um, he didn't help me get my why, but it was the first time I could voice it. And it wasn't until the physical work of yoga and the inquiry work of yoga that I saw, my anger was just a survival tool. It's something that I had when I was young. It's something that helped me get through some hard times. But then there's a phrase in yoga. I know all of your friends and clients and students that have taken yoga have heard the phrase, let go of what doesn't serve you. And I don't even remember when that phrase finally clicked for me. It's like, I get it now. What doesn't serve me is this anger. What doesn't serve me is having a knee-jerk reaction to anything and everything and anyone and everyone. And my first reaction was anger and doubt and cynicism. So what the inquiry and what the workshops have done for me above anything else is to really look at why I behaved like I did. And now I, I, I used to, this is, I don't know if I can voice this, but I used to look at calm people, people that seemed to be like quiet voices and slow movements. I mean, silly, even something like they could shuffle cars, cards and it, wasn't angry. It was just real gentle. <laughs> I don't know why that's an example, but I remember looking at that and I used to want to move like that. It's like, I want to be gentle. I want to have gentle movements. I, that's what I want to be. And, um, I kind of feel like I'm there. 
I, I think that I live a much more gentle life. Um, and I know it's come through yoga and inquiry. My husband Price ran into um, an old student of mine, and I can't even tell you who it was, which I probably shouldn't anyway. Anyway, about a month ago in, you know, oh yeah, you're Mrs. Walker's husband, blah, 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 blah. I like, how's she doing? What's she doing now? And he goes, well, she's, um, she's retired, but she's te teaching yoga. And this ex-student of mine looked at him like, wow, she could have used some yoga when she was teaching us. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I'm so sorry. Um, <laughs> so, so kind of a long answer, but I really believe um, that I have become who I've wanted to be by just, um, I hate this phrase, doing the work. One of the um, things I really didn't want to have or do when I started yoga was start starting to use the yoga jargon. I think I even mentioned it. It was like, oh, please don't tell me be present. Don't, you know, to, to, to me who wasn't involved with yoga, it was just all jargon. It was like, oh, they just make up these words, you know, and now I find myself living them, you know, like accept where you are. You can't grow unless you know where you're starting from, you know, that you need to be present. And it's all, it's all the truths that yoga has given me. Um, and I even don't like the idea that like, oh, well, she's working on herself. But now I believe that if you're not working on yourself, you're just stuck. You know, you're just being where you are. And I think that constantly discovering anew what you want to do and how you want to do it and who you want to do it with um, is the only way that at 68, I'm not going to get stuck. So long. Yeah. And probably at any age. At any age. Right. Yeah, you know, <clears throat> yeah. You know, you don't want to be, you know, at 37, you don't want to be what you were at 27. And if you don't do something new, if you don't, you know, look for new experience. Yoga has brought so many new people into my life. So many new people that um, I would never have met. And they've all dropped a little something with their handprint, you know, whether, you know, whether it's how they talk to other people or how they've reacted to me. And um, you take away from every single person you meet but I only, I think you can only do that if you're really, really present to them. And so many times I would in the past just kind of not listen to people. You know, I knew what was important to me and literally no one else was important. Um, but now I've learned to listen to whoever crosses my path and find that they're all important, you know, so they all have a little something for me in some way. So, yeah. And uh, what I also was thinking of is that you did a whole training where you couldn't really do any of the yoga. Part. Yeah. Yes. You did the meditation and you did the inquiry, but you physically weren't able to do the yoga part, but you still had like an amazing training. Yeah. And I think that's when I finally realized that yoga was more than the physical part. When I first started, oh my gosh, when I first started, I just wanted to be able to do the asana practice, you know, 
And because I was new to it, I wanted to do it the way that, you know, 33-year-old did it. Well, that was never going to happen. So I was constantly, um, I was constantly focused on what I couldn't do. Well, I, I can't do that, you know, and maybe I'll get there, maybe I won't, but I didn't have a lot of faith. And so by not being able to have a strong physical practice, I wasn't, um, I wasn't happy with yoga. You know, I mean, I, I kept coming, but it's like, I'm never going to be any good at this. And it took me that, that three, 300 practice, um, well, what I had frozen hips, frozen shoulders, and I had shoulder surgery. It was like six months and I was a mess. But by coming and doing the meditation and doing the inquiry, I I faced a lot of what I couldn't do. But I also sat there and just reveled in everything I could do. And it's when I realized yoga was more than just a physical practice. But even more than that, when I came back to the physical practice, I was so much more accepting of what I could do and grateful for what I could do. And um, now my now my practice is truly my own practice. And again, it's something that we say as we teach, like, don't look around, you know, everybody does it different, you know, be honest to your own practice, listen to your own body. And it's that sort of stuff that we constantly say that even took me years to like, you know, you really should pay attention to what you're teaching because you're not doing it yourself, you know. And when I finally started practicing what I taught and believing what I said in my own life, um, then my yoga practice became just so much more fluid. And now I look forward to doing what I can do and I don't focus any energy at all on what I can't do. And um I think that's, you know, again, another lesson we talk about is what happens on your mat happens off your mat. And I think that idea of focusing what I can do in my life right now, instead of focusing what I can't do, is a big lesson that I take into my everyday life that I took off my mat. Yeah. And it's so like that you said it a couple of times, but there's like these phrases or like things that are commonly said in yoga. And it's interesting how people will, you know, I'll have a student that I've taught for years. And then after like five years, all of a sudden, something I say often after one class, they come up and it's like, oh, what you said today about, you know, whatever really was like amazing. And it's just like, it just reminds me of that. You have, you have to be ready to hear it mm -hmm. or like listening for it. You can't like, as a teacher, not all of what we say is received by everyone, but depending on where they are, you know, and, um, but that ultimately if people do stick with the physical part long enough to get and understand that it isn't just the physical, there's so much more to it that what you say will land. So you just keep, yeah, you keep at it. You keep, you keep doing it. That, but it just, that is, um, to me, that also speaks to, we hear um, like, oh yeah, I really like your studio, but it's the same thing over and over again, you know? And when I hear that, I just want to look at them like, seriously, how can you even say that? You know, my practice is not the same thing over and over again. And um, I read once where uh, 
a flow that you're familiar with and that you practice again and again and again helps clear your mind from having to think of your your poses, you know? And so by just, and it's not muscle memory so much that you get lazy about it, but you don't have to constantly wonder it, wonder what is the next pose, you know? It's like, I know this flow, my body knows this flow. I can relax, listen to my body, do what I have to do to make this warrior one, a new warrior one, instead of going to a practice that one teacher, you know, teaches this way and another teacher teaches this way. And you, you spend so much energy wondering what the next pose is going to be that you don't have time to listen to your body and you don't have time to listen to the motivation or the inspirational things that the teacher is saying, because you're like, what did she say to do? And so when I hear people say, oh, but we do the same thing over and over again, it kind of makes me sad because to me, it just means they haven't done it long enough to really have gotten past the physical practice. Does that make sense? It's like, yeah, physical practice until the physical practice isn't in the way of your emotional or personal growth, you know, eventually the physical practice is your tool. It's not that and the beginning and the end of your practice, it's just the tool to open up the other pieces of your yoga experience. At least that's what yeah, I Yeah. And it's your practice. And it makes me think of what you were saying earlier about how you, after being injured and coming back to it, you were just grateful for what you could do. And it's like, that's like owning your practice as yours. Like right. it's not comparison. It's not like having to be a certain way. It's where am I today? This is, and, and it's only when you're not thinking so much about the poses that you can, like you said, listen to your body and do what you need to do that day. And you might do something you've never done before if you're available to that. Right. But if you're thinking about it too much, then you're just, you're, you take yourself out really is what right. it is. And yeah. Most of us, our first thought is I can't, you know, so you're not really even giving yourself a chance. So as a yeah. teacher, I love to look out to my class and everyone's doing something just a little bit different because everyone is, is doing what their body needs, you know? And I'm like, oh yeah, these guys, these guys are listening to their body. I mean, they're all doing the same similar pose, but they're doing it the way their body is asking for them to do it. You know, you see that a lot, like in back bends, you know, yeah. and when you're really listening to your body and not your head, um, I can see it on their mat. Like these guys are, practicing yoga. So, yeah, so good. Yeah. And I want to talk about something else that, you know, came up that we were talking about, which is the idea of that it's not too late to start over hmm. ever. Um, yeah. And I know you talked about earlier, like your practice being or your way of being at a certain age. Um, but I think it's like that probably for anyone, but yeah, tell me more about that. Well, I started practicing yoga because my daughter was a yoga teacher and um, I had never really done yoga before, not really inspired by it. I thought it was something that spoke a foreign language and probably had some foreign teaching ideas. Um, but I started doing it just to see what she was doing. Um, and I discovered 
I discovered that yoga wasn't something foreign. Yoga was something that each and every one of us um, can find a, a place for. We can, you know, I didn't jump into the seven limbs of yoga or learn all the Sanskrit, but I took from yoga what um, I wanted and what I could understand in small bites. And it was amazing for me. I had been, you know, I had been a tennis player. I had run a very little bit only to try to keep up with my husband. And so I'd all, always been very physical. But then um, different knee injuries and stuff, I couldn't do the tennis anymore. And yoga just surprised me because I wasn't really looking for anything new as I was kind of stalking my daughter and checking uh, on her. Yeah. It's just like, let's make sure you're not doing anything strange and weird and <laughs> move to Bali or India or something like that. And she teases me now because I've had so much training. She goes, yeah, mom, you're welcome. And I'm like, I know I love it. Um, but I, I think if I wasn't, if it wasn't for her, I probably wouldn't have thought that I could try yoga. And um, I am just so amazed over the last 10 years what what yoga has made me try. You know, um, we now do stand up. I'm looking at them right here. We need, now do stand up paddleboard. I'm not sure that would have ever been anything I would do, but um, practicing yoga has a sense of saying, yeah, I can do it. I mean, you don't even think about it anymore. Once you are, once I was in control of my practice and accepting of my practice, it seems like I said yes to anything else that came my way. You know, that there's a sense of like, well, why not? I've even done a yod class, something I didn't think I would ever do. <laughs> but so awesome. Um, and it's kind of exciting. Price and I, when we were younger, was like, what are we going to do in our old age? What are we going to do together? And actually, that's why I started tennis. We thought we'd all, we thought we'd play tennis together. And then he started running. So tennis didn't happen. Never in a million years did we think that what we were going to do when we were older is yoga together. And, and, um, and we love it. And so I have um, friends that are actually younger than me, maybe in their forties and fifties. And they're like, Oh, I can't do yoga. You know, I'm not limber enough. I'm not strong enough. I'm not this enough. I'm not this enough. And I'm like, yes, but you can't, you know, yoga is one of those things that it doesn't matter how you are or what you are, you can begin. And then if you just, again, accept your beginning, you can grow into anything you want. And I wouldn't be who I am today had I not been doing yoga these last 10 years. And isn't it interesting how people take themselves out without even having done something? Yeah, without even trying. They're just, they're just convinced. I will say that I have this, I have a friend of mine who's, I think she's older than me, and she kind of hobbles and always has something. Um, and she's actually come to me and she's like, Bonnie, can you teach me chair yoga? I'm like, yeah, I can teach you anything you want. But um, so that woman and two other women have come to me and it's only because they've seen what I've done that they're like, okay, well, we know Bonnie from 10 years ago. If she's moving like this, certainly 
something has to be in this yoga. So they've actually come to me and we're trying to move a little bit, but yeah, so many, so many friends. And I remember when I first got my teaching credential, I wanted to bring yoga to older women. I hate to offend anyone, you know, women like me that thought you had to be 32, you know, and I remember when Spotted Dog opened up and Price wanted to move over here and I'm like, oh no, please. It's going to be all cool and young and hip and I'm not going to fit in. And, you know, there's no place for me in such a cool place. And talk about taking you out. I mean, had it not been for Price, like we're following Nick and Katie, come on, we're going. But I was certain <laughs> that, but I think a lot of people have that sense, you know, that yoga is for young people and it's, you know, they're not hip enough for it or something. And it's just, <sighs> Katie, so many stories, so many stories and none of them are true. So yeah, they shouldn't, they just need to walk in. And I know if you, um, quick little commercial here, I know if you walk into Spotted Dog, I mean, we've heard it over and over and over again. People are like, wow, you guys all just stopped and said hello and acted like I'd been coming forever. And it's, um, you're not too old. You're not too crippled. You're not too young for yoga. Your body can do it. You just have to get out of your head. So yeah. To. And so beneficial, you know, because yeah. of what we talked about at the beginning, it's not just the physical, it does so much for us, um, that you can't even almost describe it, you know, like we all have our own experiences and shifts and things. It's hard sometimes to put in words of the impact. Well, you know. and the shifts, shifts come in small pieces, just like the physical shifts, you know, I mean, it took me a while not to run away from, you know, half pigeon, you know, and it took me lots of different inquiries, exercises. And sometimes we do the same exercises again and again and again. Um, and then, like you say, then something will come to you, you know, not every moment of inquiry is an aha moment, but when it comes, there's that shift. And then, you know, just like a teacher has to say things seven times before you hear it, sometimes you have to practice a shift seven times before it settles into becoming part of who you are. Um, and I think that's probably why I keep taking workshops. You know, Price is like, really? What are you going to learn this time? Is there something more you can learn? And I'm like, I'm sure there is. I'm absolutely sure it is. If nothing, it's a year of writing in my journal, which is my favorite thing to do. So, um, yeah, he's always very, very curious. Like, how much more can you think about? And I'm like, I can think all day, every day. So just give me a direction. So, yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, what I've found, I'm sure it's the same for you. We've been doing it for kind of a long time compared to some. Um, but the, like, if you don't keep doing it, then it's not like you lose it all together, but I find that just even like teaching the trainings, just being with the people that are in the experience in the process, it keeps me engaged in the, in the work. I know you don't like that term and I, it's, no, you know, it's no, kind of, it's, you know what I mean? But it's like, if I, it keeps me doing it myself. And I yes. always, I don't know how many trainings we've done at this point, a lot, but I always learned something from yeah. them. It's not, I know, I don't know every, nobody knows everything. People, you know, I think a lot of people 
can act like, oh, you know, they get to a point and it's like, okay, I did it. I'm here. I know. And they stop. But then what I've realized is like, no, I can learn all the time. I can grow all the time. And it comes from having that experience with other people. Right. And I think that's why, um, even when I did the 300 twice, it was a totally different experience, you know, and it was because of the people in the second 300 group. <clears throat> and, you know, we tell, we use the story that, you know, step into a river and it's not the same stream, whatever that is, you know? Um, so you could do things over and over again, but you're always, if you open yourself, you're always learning. And the thought of, I've learned everything there is to learn about any situation, to me, it's just crazy. You know, I remember when I got my teaching credential and I was one class away from a, a um, lifetime credential where I would never have had to do um, continuing education credits. And I, and I just couldn't take the class. I was pregnant with Elizabeth and it was a mainstreaming class where you learn of all the disabilities and birth defects. And I said, I can't take this class. I'm literally eight months pregnant. And they're like, you have to take it. This is the last year we're giving out live credentials. You're going to have to continue to every five years, take continuing education classes. And I looked at them like, who wouldn't do that? Of course, you're going to take continuing education classes. I mean, you certainly hope that your doctors continue to educate themselves or your teachers continue to educate themselves. So the idea that there isn't more for me to learn, regardless of what I'm studying, just is kind of crazy. You know, I, I can't well, imagine. Yeah. And it's like the idea of, um, well, I just lost my thought, but it's like that if you, I totally lost my train of thought. It's all right. Whatever. Yeah. It's if you don't, oh, I know what it was. See, it's mom brain. I know that you told me that when I was pregnant, you're like, it never goes away. Uh, <laughs> the world and everyone is changing. The only constant is change, right? So if you think that you are to a certain point and you don't need to make shifts or change or grow or adapt or whatever, you just get left behind. Yes. Because everything else is changing and everyone else is changing and you're changing. Even if you don't want to be changing, you think you're not, but you are in some way, yeah. but you're stuck. Well, and yeah. even by not changing when the world is changing around you creates change because you're no, you can't ca catch up with them. Um, as you know, I'm teaching at Revel, which is a senior center, living residential center. And Oh my gosh, those women are so, and men are so inspirational, the ones that are active and they try things and they, they come in and they have so many activities there. It's not just yoga that they try. And then you see just some bitter, bitter women sitting on the side complaining about things. And we're like, you need to join something. Today, when we taught, we had a very small class because in the theater right next to us was this technology class, like closing the gap between seniors and technology. And they were in the theater and there must have been 25 elderly people in the theater. Like, yeah, teach me how to use my iPhone. Teach me how to use my iPad. And I'm like, yes, that is 
those are people that want to stay up. They want to be able to communicate with their grandkids. They want to be able to, I don't know, maybe they want to be able to research something that they were always curious about, but they were willing to get the education they need, take the step they need in order to do what they needed to do. And fortunately or unfortunately, as you get older, you really have to search it out for yourself. You know, it's not like when you're younger or in school or in a business world and opportunities present themselves to you. You know, when you're older or retired, you have to go find your opportunities. You, If there's something you're interested in becoming involved in, you have to go find it for yourself. And if you don't do that, I guess that's my stuck routine. If you don't do that, you're going to find yourself, you know, watching reruns of Grey's Anatomy all day or something like that, you know? <laughs> Yeah. 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 So good. Thank you so much. And we can all thank your daughter, Kat, for getting you started in yoga. And I know um, as much as I enjoy listening to what you have to say that uh, everyone listening to this will as well. So thank you so much, Bonnie. And um, yeah, this is the Play Hard and Love Big Radio Podcast the official podcast of Spotted Dog Yoga and Sup in Folsom, California. Thank you for listening and we'll catch you next time.